conduct to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. The calendar has not turned to August just yet, but if you remember last year, and I'm sure the GG superfans do, we put out a way too early, way too early, Futures podcast in May of 2017. And while we have not given our takes yet for the 2018 season, we thought that we would start the entire process out by giving some futures away. And then once again, just like we did last year, we will revisit them right before the season kicks off. It is fantastic to be talking to you all again. And while I enjoyed talking about proper football, while I enjoyed talking about the 25K fantasy draft, which I shouldn't have taken any enjoyment from because we just lit thousands of dollars on fire thanks to something Sperlin. I am ecstatic to be talking don't blame, about Don't football. blame something Sperlin for that. Of course that's, I'm. That's on you guys. Something Sperlin blew it. Donnie, what do you have to say for yourself? I'm not going to say anything. You guys are all fucking idiots. <laughs> Including something Sperlin. Top idiot. Blew it all. Uh, now I'm now I'm flummoxed because everybody started arguing, but that's good. That is the spirit of the collective. Sorry so, about that. No, that's okay. I, I I love the interjecting. Now the the world got to see there a small piece of what has been going raging on in the Skype chat since uh, pretty much since cards were in the air in event one of the World Series of Poker. Mo, did you, uh, Mo or Brett? Mo, did you have any sweats in ODB at all towards the end? Or Brixie? I didn't even look uh, at the final standings. Um, I lost hope when our guys, just theme of the summer, barely missed bracelets in like three of the last seven events or something. So gave up after that. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I didn't finish last. That was my sweat. My <laughs> team was shit. So for those of you that, Followed along with our 25K draft, there's a a version of it, which is a $500 entry, where basically the original draft creates the player pool, and those that put up 500 bucks can create their own lineups based upon... It's like DFS for the 25K draft. And unfortunately, in addition to the 25K we punted, it sounds like the ODB efforts were for naught as well. But this... I tailed, I tailed too many of your guys' picks. <laughs> too much Sperlin in your lineups? Too much exposure no, to Sperlin? No, no Sperlin, but a bunch of other guys, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk NFL. I know the people have been yearning for it. We got Bob Cobb uh, tweeted at us two days ago asking us where the NFL pods were, and it was ironic because we were planning... For this episode here on Monday, we're going to do the exact same thing we did last year. We're going to give our favorite over bets, our favorite under bets, our favorite Super Bowl futures, and then we're going to take a look ahead to week one and see if there's any game in particular that we like. We are just about to start, and some teams have already started training camp, so it is very much optimism season It is best shape of his life season in the NFL. And that is reflected in some of these win totals. There are 22 win totals that are juiced, meaning you have to lay odds in order to make money 
And of those 22, 21 of them, 21, remember there's only 32 teams in the NFL, are juiced at minus 121 or higher. So it is very much anything can happen. Everybody is pumped about the prospects of their own team season. And maybe that is going to lead to some value for the collective. And as always, we will kick things off with the person that did the best last year, and that was the Disciple with a 42-39-4 record. Brett Colson, you get to lead us off. And we'll start off, we'll keep it positive. It is a positive season. Brett, give us an over you like for the 2018 NFL season. Well, I kind of hate this because I'm eating some of that juice you just talked about. But I like, I'm all in on the San Diego Superchargers again. Yeah, they're in L.A., but they're still San Diego Superchargers to me. Man, last season is so frustrating to look back on now. I was so high on this team. They were clearly a top-four team in the AFC. But then after starting so slow where the kicking game cost them at least two games, uh, which tilts me even more, they missed the playoffs by one game. The thing about that is, though, it does benefit them this season because now they have a super soft schedule. They have the third easiest schedule in the NFL, according to Sharp Football. They only face two top 10 teams this year, the Steelers and the Rams. So really, every game is winnable for the Chargers this year. I've got them locked in at 10 wins. The over-under is 9 with the juice at minus 145. So I, I still think we're getting value there, even though reading some of that juice. I absolutely love this roster. Uh, this is one of the best defensive units in the NFL. They added Derwin James. Somehow that kid fell to 17th overall to them. He's going to contribute immediately. They did lose my guy Hunter Henry for this season. We're still trying to, well, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do to plug in for him there. It could be, it could be Antonio Gates. I guess that makes the most sense at this point, but um, I, I really like this team. The only issue I really have with them is coaching uh specifically the play calling where they just ride melvin gordon way too often on the ground especially on first down i i had zero trust in anthony lynn and that's why i don't have any chargers super bowl tickets this year i don't think there's any value in them at around 15 to 1 but i think this team is talented enough to win the afc with 10 plus wins and probably get into the uh, the afc divisional round maybe the afc championship against the uh, Patriots this year. But I, I love I love the Chargers again. I think they're going to make a run at it. We're in reruns again? Running it back? Yeah. LA Superchargers? So I like your Anthony Lynn point. I like the, 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 the split that you make between liking this team as a wins over as opposed to just going all out and liking this team to, to reach the Super Bowl and hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, as you noted, the schedule is pretty friendly. Uh, the AFC West gets within the conference, the AFC North, which, I mean, outside of Pittsburgh, and even including Pittsburgh, is really wide open. The, West, the, the North just does not scare me whatsoever. And then on the other side of the conference, they have the NFC South, which, if you look at win totals, looks scary, but... You know, how much are we really fearing the Falcons? Uh, Tampa Bay is in a mess right now with the entire Jameis Winston saga. And then the Saints, while they were great last year, I'll, I'll continue to believe that the cliff is, is nigh with, with Drew Brees. And uh, we don't know what to expect from the Panthers. They seem to oscillate pretty violently between high and low. 
last year at first, Mo was a detractor for the Chargers. He actually took the under before coming to the other side at the end of the summer. Mo, where are you on the Chargers? Do you still hate Phillip Rivers? Yeah, I still believe, speaking of waiting for the cliff to come, I still believe the cliff's coming real, real soon uh, for old Phillip Rivers. But, uh, you know, overall, this is a really talented roster. But, man, I have the same problem as, as Brett. Uh, biggest problem here is the head coach. You just you just can't trust this coaching staff. Um, and uh, I totally agree with him that, 15 to 1 is not near enough value on the Chargers as far as the future goes. Uh win total seemed pretty fair. I didn't uh didn't have too many thoughts on this one. I was leaning a little bit to the over, but I didn't see anything that I loved either way when I looked at this line. So sure, we can go over. DP, you still hate the city of LA, you still hate the fans. Can you give any love whatsoever to the Chargers? No love here, none at all. Um, I mean, I, I tried to look at the Chargers and, and get the you know get the over of nine in my head. I, I had a good feeling that Brett would be coming in in hot with this one, um, but end of the day, can't get behind Anthony Leonard at all. I think it's just a fair line, like Mo said, and I would just choose to stay away from it altogether. Not going to go over, not going to go under. Just going to see how it plays out and possibly laugh at Brett at the end of the season. <laughs> Bolts, Bolts fans must be very happy to come into the season without young way Koo as their kicker. Because as he noted, I mean, the whole season, the, the 16 games is so small. And to have that first game against the Broncos, and then I, I believe he blew a subsequent game after that. Dolphins. Yeah. Dolphins. It's just like, you just can't, in a 16-game season, you can't have those occurrences and just have any type of success. So The Bolts have fans? <laughs> yeah, that's probably the biggest problem with them is... uh. Man, you're just you're giving away so much value when you don't have a good home field. But uh, I will say also, I do, do agree with Brett about Derwin James. That was my favorite value pick of the first round, so that'll probably help them. Well, I'll be giving you a value pick from the first round in a bit that is pushing me towards a Super Bowl winner, but we need to continue with the overs. And next up is Mo. You finished right behind Brett in the final standings at 41-39 and 51.18%. Mo, give us an over that you like for the 2018 NFL season. I'm sure I'm going to steal this one from somebody else, but uh, I mean, you got to go on brand and just go with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, boy. Here we five fucking go. Half, five and a half wins? The I season, mean, the season man, has I had a, a Browns ticket last the year. The season has officially begun when somebody touts the Cleveland Browns. Had a Browns ticket last year. Over five and a half is sitting at minus 160. So you're paying some juice. Um, but man, I mean, just look at this roster. This does not look like an 0 and 16 team. Um, maybe that's why we were on them every week last year. It just looks like a normal, mediocre NFL team. Um, obviously, we love Tyrod. So bringing play to play, game to game competence at quarterback, going to be huge for this team. I don't love the way he matches up with this group of receivers. I think it might be a little better for them to have somebody willing to take some more chances downfield because that's where I see the strong suit of this group of receivers. So I'm not sure how the, the fit is going to go there. And I'm also 
still questioning the coaching staff here. Um, Hugh has made some sharp decisions uh, in the past. I likes I like his aggressiveness at times, but um, yeah, I mean, this is still a coaching staff that won C- couldn't win any games last year with you know what isn't like the worst roster you've ever seen. Um, the secondary looks like it's going to be pretty bad, but hopefully the D line, I mean, miles Garrett looked really good last year. So if they can get some pressure up front again, hopefully mask it a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why this, these guys can't win six games. Brett, I'll go to you first. They haven't won a game in three years. (laughs) I knew Brett was going to be anti-Browns. Take it away, Brett. That that could be why they're not going to win six games. I I want to love this. Uh, I just, I don't know how this Browns offense is going to operate. There's almost too too much talent on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense still looks horrendous. So when is the offense even going to be on the field? I love Tyrod as much as anybody. I just don't. I'm not. I'm not right. I'm not ready to commit to this team winning more than five games yet. I just can't. I can't buy into it yet. That said, we probably will have them on the card numerous times this year. A lot, especially if Tyrod's under center. Because what does Tyrod do? He doesn't screw up. Yeah, that is Tyrod's calling card. He's not going to be amazing. He's not going to blow the top off of a defense. But you know what? He's not going to do screw up. He's not going to screw up. Well, I don't know if that's a good fit with this team, though. They're going to be playing from behind so much. Is Tyrod the right fit? And that's why I think we might see Baker Mayfield more uh, maybe maybe midseason if they start slow. If you're going to fire a Browns over ticket, do it now before Hard Knock starts. That's all I have to say. My favorite interaction, one of my favorite interactions over the summer, I played a couple events in Las Vegas, and I bumped into Kevin Iacofano, Ice Kevin, online grinder, absolute legend. Cleveland guy. And in our small conversation, he told me his favorite bet for the Cleveland Browns, his home team, is to bet both the under on the win total and them to win the division. Because he doesn't think there's any six and ten, seven and nine in the cards. There's no middling. They're either going to kind of click, putting all these great offensive pieces together. I mean, they brought in a plethora of offensive players, or they're just going to be the Browns again and win three games, which I can kind of get behind. This division stinks. Like, I, I know Brett kneels to the altar of Harbaugh, but that Ravens roster is just uninspiring. The Steelers, every year, we're just waiting for them to crumble. And the Bengals, as an organization, are more interested in just having an NFL franchise and printing money than performing on the field. So could there be a moonshot here for Cleveland? Maybe. Probably doubtful. But I, I think it's as likely as them being awful again and winning three to four games. DP, are you excited? Can you have any excitement left for the Cleveland Browns? Excitement, yes. Money on the Browns, no. Slash very little. Just can't do it this year. I'm going to try and avoid it like the plague. All right, I guess I'm up next, and this was the most difficult part for me, most notably because of what I said off the top, that 22 of these overs are juiced, and nothing is really inspiring to me. Uh, So I'm going to just take a small homer pick 
and take the Jets over six because they're not juiced. I'm getting plus 103 with the Jets. And I don't know, guys. I, I, I feel like all the roster did was get better in the offseason. The, the biggest thing that happened to the Jets last year, they were on course to win six or seven games, is our boy, our boy Cade, broke his hand. And then they had nobody behind him. They had the, the ghost of Bryce Petty try to come in and play professional quarterback, which is just not possible. And now, if something were to happen to Cade, they potentially have Teddy, and they have this guy named Sam Darnold as well, who could even find his way into the starting role sometime early in the season, if not if he impresses wildly during preseason. Uh, the defense is a bunch of pros. They brought back Mo Claiborne. They went out and, and signed uh, the gentleman from L.A., whose name is escaping me, uh, for a boatload of money to play cornerback. Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson. Thank you. Uh, Jamal Adams, one year older. He stepped into the league, was immediately a professional safety for them. Uh, so I, I have no reason to believe why this Jess team isn't going to be the same as last year, except maybe a little bit more improved due to growth from the young guys and more stability at the quarterback position. So I think six wins, it's a very fair line. I'm not like running to the ticket counter to place my overbet. But at the same time, I'm just looking across this board and I'm not seeing any overs that are really inspiring me. Uh, this league is so random. And the fact that all of these overs, that there's so much optimism right now. And I mean, there's probably three or four unders that I'm going to tout uh, in a second here. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So give me give me a homer pick. Give me the Jets getting a little bit of value. And go ahead and rain judgment on me. I'll, DP, you can start judging me now. Not judging you. I love it. Yes. Book the Jets over. Let's go. I'm with you, Rich. Good choice. All right. Well, uh, that, that has to be because Donnie hates the, the Patriots under. So, I mean, that has to be at least one of the AFC East teams that he likes, right? Yeah, exactly. and I, I wanted to get behind the schedule, but you know, it's not uh, it's not the olden days. It's not the the days where you can say, "Hey, we got the AFC South this year," and get excited because the AFC South. I mean, obviously, you got the Jags. Then you've got the Houston and Indy Wild cards with uh, the quarterback situations getting a little bit clear. Uh, in those two organizations. And then everybody is saying that with the new coaching regime in Tennessee, that maybe Marcus Mariota puts it together and they become sneaky. So it's, it's not like you can look at the AFC South and get excited anymore. So I, I can't even get kind of juiced about the schedule, but I don't know. Six seems like again, fair line and they could reach the over. Mo, you got anything on the jets or can we keep it moving? No, I like the jets too. Uh, I definitely, Looked really hard at this one. This is one of my top choices as well. Um, one other thing I would throw in there is uh, they also grabbed Spencer Long from uh, from Redskins O line. Uh, he'd be playing center for them, and uh, yeah, he's really solid and he'll help them quite a bit, I think. And they have pretty good depth overall on the O line. They have like a couple former starters in there, and yeah, this team should just be solid. I mean. I definitely like over six. This schedule is soft, too. 
it, it definitely starts very friendly. Uh, again, I, I was looking at it and getting really excited. They they have the, I think they have the Jags in their first four games. You know, there's part of me that's like instinctual, like oh yeah, Jags, and then I'm like oh wait, Jags. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, it's nice to have uh, Pat's Week 17 could be big. Um, yeah, could, could be. be a throwaway game for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, DP. Finish us off. Give us an over that you like for the 2018 season. Uh, I like the Chicago Bears. Over six and a half, uh, minus 138. So just a little bit, not as much as some of the other ones that have already been talked about. Um, I think Trubitsky is going to have a much better season. I mean, he was a rookie last year for all the head scratchers that he threw. Um, we had him on the card several times throughout the year. They did come through for us at various times. But a lot of times we were just left shaking our heads at what the hell is he doing, but he's a rookie. It's going to be a sophomore season. I expect him to be a bit better this time around. Jordan Howard at running back. Love him. I think we all like him. Um, I think they need to give him the ball as much as possible. We all know what this defense can do. And a lot of that defense is coming back, especially at the secondary. I believe they're bringing back everyone at the secondary. Um, they play really, really well at home on the road. I think they can steal a few games. They landed a top 10 pick in Rokon Smith, who's going to fill in at linebacker. And then they get the AFC East and the NFC West, who I think are good matchups for them, um, you know, in out of division games. So give me the Bears at over six and a half. Sorry, I was on mute. Bears finished the season 14th in defense DVOA. And as you noted, they added Roquan Smith in the draft. They were a team that we always liked at home. They were always sneaky at home. And I I still don't know what to think about Trubisky yet. Uh, it seems like he has the tools that you need in the modern NFL, the ability to roll out and maybe gain some yards uh, on the ground. I think, I believe I was reading something from uh, Numberfire where the most efficient play, the play that gives a team more points in that play, if you were to grade every play and, and give it a point value, the most efficient play in their database, which stretches back, I believe, until like the early 2000s, is the quarterback run. You, you get no more value than when the quarterback breaks pocket and gets beyond the line of scrimmage because there's usually nobody covering him and they just scamper for, for tons of yards. So having that ability is, is pretty important, not paramount, but can definitely help your offense. Uh, that being said, I don't know what to feel about this Bears over. Uh, it seems like they're kind of publicly, like a, a public leaning over, like people want this team to be good. Mo, am, am, I, am I correct in that assessment? I feel like people want to get behind Trubisky and the Bears. Yeah, man. I'm not really into this one. I can't I can't back this one. Um I agree with you, uh, Rich, that I'm not really sure what to think of Trubisky. I want to like the tools, but man, like Donnie said, the head scratchers, he throws some ones that when you just deconstruct it, you just don't even know how they left his hand. Um and they still he still doesn't have any weapons. Uh Hey Rob. Alan Allen Robinson, the ghost obviously, of great player when he was healthy. Uh, don't know what we can expect from him. Don't know if we can expect 90%, A-Rob, 95, 80. But it doesn't matter because the defenses are just going to key on him even if he's solid again. I mean, there's nobody else here. That fake player, uh, Kevin White, is listed as a starter <laughs> in, the, uh, in the thing I'm looking at. I've um, never heard of. Who is that? 
Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, something called Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle. That's a little scary. Uh, but yeah, this defense definitely should be solid again. I do like this unit. And Roquan Smith was my absolute number one favorite player in the draft. So I'll be rooting for the Bears. I just don't know if I can get behind over six and a half here. Two games against the Packers. Two games against the Vikings. Two games against the Lions. The the weirdest franchise now with uh, Matt Patricia at the helm. Minotti, you got any opinions on the Bears? Not really. Uh, there are some winnable games here out of division. Uh, the Bucks, Bills, Dolphins. But this division is tough. And like you guys, I've never been a Trubisky guy. And I've never been an Allen Robinson guy either. Analytics guys hate Allen Robinson's efficiency. Uh, he did all of his work that one big season uh, in garbage time. So I don't like his weapons. And, you know, you throw some good defenses at this kid. And I think he's going to struggle again. So uh, I'm really not high on this offense. I like the defense a lot. I think we're going to see some improvement there. But this is, I don't think this is a seven-win team. You love Tariq Cohen, though. Love Tariq Cohen. Blew all the fab on Tariq Cohen. I tried to tell everybody. <laughs> Begging everybody, do not blow your fab on Tariq Cohen. <laughs> nice little player. Who? But not a league winner. Shut up. <laughs> All right, let's get negative. This is when the podcast gets good, when we just start bashing organizations, teams, coaches, players. Let's get negative. DP, you are probably the most positive person on this podcast, except for when it comes to the city of Philadelphia. Congratulations again on hoisting the Lombardi and beating the evil empire that is the New England Patriots. But DP, lead us off. Give us an under you like for the 2018 season. Well, the under I like is my New England Patriots. Despite the bad division. Anti-Jinx tour, 2018. Here it comes. Oh, get out of here. No. Despite the fact that it's a bad division, we all know how bad the AFC East is. Despite the fact that it's still Brady and Belichick, the Patriots are going to go 10-6 and here this year. I think at best, absolute best, peak top of the mountain they're going to go 11 and 5 and the under is at 11 so i would push the bet and break even so that's not a big deal but listen guys the crumbling has begun it has begun last season it is built up over 18 years robert bill and tom absolutely hate each other uh brady feels like you know he's just not caring anymore after they traded jimmy g you know he was going to play till he was 45 before you couldn't get him out of the out of the huddle in in any way shape or form and now that jimmy g's you know gone he's out in qatar playing on fucking camels and shit and riding around the desert i don't know what he's doing it doesn't make any sense to me gronk doesn't bother to show up he's contemplating between retirement between wrestling between god knows what else being a movie star all this sort of crap it's just it's it's nuts and then you get down to the roster itself um, well, the defense is still a joke. We all know that. The secondary is not good. The best addition is the addition that of Dante Hightower coming back off injury. And he, even he's kind of like an old school linebacker versus a new school linebacker. They have zero pass rush. I mean, I just have no idea what they're going to do. Oh, and Dante Hightower, he'll also be injured for three or four games like he is every single year. So I just can't get behind the defense at all whatsoever. So they're going to suck there. And then on offense, well, Edelman's out for the first four games. And then when Edelman comes back, he's coming back off a torn ACL and he's 32 years old. They don't have Danny Amendola anymore, who isn't amazing, but he is a bit of a safety blanket for Tom Brady. And then you can say you have some talent with uh, Jordan Matthews coming in, Cordero Patterson coming in, but Brady doesn't want to work with those guys and doesn't bother showing up to any of the OTAs. So I have no idea what to think of this team anymore. I think they're going to go 10 and 6 at best, like I said. Give me the under, book it. Rich and I, you would already, we already have a pizza on this bet. I mean, the, 
Patriots' time is done. Yeah, they might win the division, but whatever. They're not making a run to the Super Bowl this year. Well, they drafted the Edelman replacement. The guy's going to just step in and do everything Edelman did and probably even better. Younger, more athletic. Do you know what okay. I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. What? Okay, what? Yeah, Braxton Barrios. They just drafted Yeah, another... Brady's not practicing with any of these guys. Brady's never going to be on the same page with new receivers. He never is. He that's never, okay. ever, ever is. Well, that's okay. Well, uh, I trust Jordan Matthews and Braxton Barrios more than something Dobson and something... Uh, who's the guy they're getting back? Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Mitchell. Mitchell. Why can't Malcolm has, Mitchell like, be good? Shredded knees that might never see the field ever again, and that's why he's working on writing another round of children's books. There you go. Sometimes you gotta get your book writing on. This team's gonna be fine. They play in a bad division. They're the best coach team in the league. They'll be just fine. Eleven's uh, high. I would never bet the over, but I certainly wouldn't run to the window to bet the under either. Brett, please. Talk some sense. Put your blinders on and talk some sense into DP, please. Oh, they're on. Where where are these six losses coming from? This is one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, and they get the Packers, Vikings, Texans, and Chiefs at home. They're going to win 13 games. This is this was almost my favorite overplay. I don't know how this team loses more than five games. There's just You're no insane if you think they're going to win 13 games. They, they can Absolutely easily win 13 games. Drunk out of your mind at fucking 6:35 on a Monday morning. It's 9:35. it's 9:35 on the East Coast. He's maybe he had a mimosa or two. You know, let's let's give the guy some credit. I'm well into my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this just seems like Donnie being negative to start the season doesn't want to believe and then eventually believes. That's what this feels like to me. Yeah, this is such an obvious reverse ying. <laughs> that being said. I can somewhat see what he's saying, getting that. I mean, the weapons on offense, really uninspiring. Um, but I do like the addition of Trent Brown um, at, at left tackle there. And Adrian Claiborne, you know, he should be a good member of the D-line rotation there. Uh, defense just looks all right. But I uh, heard really good thing. Everyone seems to like uh, their first-round pick, so he could really help. Uh, Brady out there, uh, Isaiah Wynn. Don't know where he's going to play on the O line, but everyone, uh, everyone. Oh, yeah, that's great. Like they drafted a guard to play tackle. Awesome, sweet scouting, bro. You know? Brady's going to get lit up. Scouting, bro. Trust the process. All this team has done is taken players off the scrap heap and put them into the right positions on the field. So yeah, yeah. watch watch any Georgia football game last year and tell me that Wynn kid is not going to be a stud. He is a beast. And, I prefer to not watch any college football. Thank and, you. And nobody's discussed, yeah, shout out to Unprofesh. Nobody's discussed uh, Sonny Michelle either. Like, Sonny Michelle was built to play in a Bill Belichick offense. This kid, He really was. This kid is going to have opportunities where he catches the ball in space in plays that are designed for him where there's just, there's not going to be a soul around him. And... He's going to so Dion Lewis played amazing. We this podcast was very pro Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis as a prospect, as someone with pedigree, does is nowhere near the athlete or the football player that we are being told, or even we saw at Georgia that Sonny Michelle can be. Again, it was rule five of, stars. Rule of Patriots taking somebody from the scrap heap and putting them in a position. Well, now they're taking a Ferrari and putting it in position to win. And I think Michelle could have an unbelievable season in this type of offense. 
And for the Patriots to take a running back in the first round, like alarm bells should be sounding there. That they... Alarm bells aren't sounding. Alarm bells are sounding that Bill Belichick is already on his fucking boat in Cape Cod and does not give a shit about drafting anymore because they snap brought back Josh McDaniels at the 11th hour to replace him next year when he's out the door. So what? How can you snap do something at the 11th hour? <laughs> Because it wasn't planned. It was just like, you know, they had to do it. And they just were like, oh, shit, we got to bring it back. Because we're going to fire Belichick. But isn't that a craft thing more than a Belichick thing? Yeah, they all, they're all they all on all different pages. All over the place. Well, I Belichick's know. pissed at Tom. Tom's pissed at Belichick. Brady, or Kraft is backing Brady and not the coach. And it's all a fucking mess. Should have kept Jimmy G in the porn star. <laughs> Shouts to Jimmy G. All right, I'm going to keep this train moving. And like I said, I, I wanted to just kind of get up here like a sawed-off shotgun and just fire off unders. But I'm going to give you two. And I'll give you some context behind the two unders that I fancy. The other day in the Skype chat, uh, I asked the guys if there were any teams with a wider range of outcomes than the Houston Tex- than the Kansas City Chiefs and the Indianapolis Colts. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck coming back, one off, both of them off of injury. One played last year. Watson played in seven games. Uh, in the seven, in the six games he started, the Texans were three and three, but he lit the world on fire, including an unbelievable 40 point performance at CenturyLink. Now we understand the Seahawks really weren't who they were, but still a great performance by Deshaun Watson. And of course we've seen Andrew Luck drag the carcass with buzzards and insects swarming all over it. That is the Colts organization to the playoffs to the AFC championship game against the New England Patriots, and he is a full-go, full-participant heading into the preseason, and it seems like he's ready to go. Uh, And the Chiefs, uh, in addition to all this, they've got Pat Mahomes coming in at quarterback, and while everybody seems to love his arm, love his athleticism, uh, which what I was talking about with Mitch Trubisky, love the roster, they're just expecting this kid to just step onto a professional football field and win nine games or more. The total for the for KC is nine, uh, and it is juiced as high as minus one forty four on Pinnacle. Now, Indy's total, uh, I actually believe there could be some positive variance there. It is six and a half, uh, and I think that they could well exceed that if Andrew Luck has a good season. But again, I didn't Chief's like total is eight. Oh, did I look at this incorrectly? I'm sorry, 8 at minus 144. Uh, Indy is 6.5, juiced at 138. I didn't like the juice on that, so I didn't want to go into the positive variance. And Houston is 8.5 at minus 149. So what the market is telling you is that they expect Deshaun Watson to come back from a torn ACL and win more than 8 games, 9 games to be exact, to win this bet. And... In order to win the KC bet, you need to win nine games. You need to go nine and seven. And I just can't sit here without watching these two guys play at the professional level and tell you that Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are just going to walk into the league, essentially, and just rip off nine and seven seasons. I think there's a ton 
of negative variance to their style of play, their ability to get injured. We've already seen it with Watson. And beyond that, I don't really love KC's roster. Uh, it seemed like they gave away Marcus Peters for peanuts. I was never really a Peters guy. I thought he gambled too much, but it, they didn't really try hard to retain him. Uh, and with Houston, not only is there this variance on the offensive side of the ball with the quarterback position, but there's the whole J.J. Watt thing, too. We've talked about it on here. Back injuries are things that just don't go away. They linger. There's no real cures for them. We saw it with Steve Kerr. Uh, I mean, the guy couldn't sit in a chair and coach a team for the majority of a season because his back was seizing up. So I don't think we can just automatically place J.J. Watt on the field for 16 games either. Um, In addition to all that, uh, I kind of like the steps that the Broncos are taking. Uh, We obviously love the Chargers, so it's not like the AFC West is a party to play with. And my AFC South narrative continues. I don't think it's going to be a party to play two games against the Colts, Jags, and Titans for the Texans. So give me the under for both KC and for Houston. I'll go to Mo first because he is the resident Chefs fan. What's your take on the whole Mahomes thing? What do you think about that total for KC? I think um, if you're trying to bet against Andy Reid in the regular season, uh, good luck. I wish you good luck, but I would not. I would not do it. Um, I don't, you know, I don't love this roster either. I didn't love it last year, but man, Reed's just going to work his regular season magic. The Chiefs will be fine. Um, Mahomes, yeah, he's looked pretty good so far. Cautiously optimistic there. I do like some of the pickups. Um, decent veterans the Chiefs grabbed to fill out the roster. Um, I, I do like the Texans under though uh, i do like that one that was one of the one of my favorite ones when i was looking at the rosters um it's not the one i ended up picking but i can get behind that one for sure i know brett is not the biggest deshaun watson fan i think i made a something in the the offseason as well about if watson comes back healthy you know what could this do for the texans i, I feel like brett you were pretty negative against watson He's played six games. Yeah. Why are we? Why are you crowning this kid already? Not only that, he's playing behind the worst offensive line in the NFL. It's horrifying. I don't know what they're gonna. They didn't address it at all either. I don't know what they're gonna do on offense. I think. The, I think the under here is pretty solid. They're just gonna throw it as far as they can to Will Fuller. <laughs> I mean, built built. Yeah, built into this line is the fact that this is the easiest uh, strength of schedule in the NFL according to Warren Sharp. So there's, I guess there's some value in that, but I I don't know. I don't know how they're going to win nine games. Something called Batamosi is going to play for them, too. How, what about him, Donnie? <laughs> Sucks. It, it's, uh, it, it's refreshing It's refreshing to, uh, to see that Warren Sharp is as anti-NFC East as it seems like this podcast is. Because, yeah, the AFC South, out of division, they play both of the East divisions, NFC and AFC. We know how bad... That AFC East is with the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills, uh, and historically how overrated that NFC East is. Let's keep it going. Mo, you're up next. Give us an under you like for the season. Well, my favorite under was a team I was all about last year, fired their future. Um, 
did not come through for me once again, I think. You know, man, I was really surprised to see this. Panthers' win total is at nine. And then you look at this roster, it's it's not great. I mean, it's just not great. Um, no weapons whatsoever at wide receiver, which is, you know, I mean, that's what you need in the NFL. It's It's 2018. You need playmakers at receiver. And still a relatively clueless head coach in Ron Rivera. Um, and then what's really key is, as we've been saying, meat grinder of a division, AFC South, or NFC South, really tough. Uh, you got the Falcons. You got um, the Saints. Both of those teams have uh, win totals that are expected to be 9-plus. And then Tampa Bay post-type sleeper should probably be a little better this year um yeah i just uh i can't get behind panthers winning nine plus games uh especially i just i don't know how this team fits together on offense like it seems like they they picked up like uh what's his name the the running back mccaffrey and these other guys who are kind of more short distance weapons but man when Cam Newton was at his best. He's just flinging the ball downfield. And, uh, I mean, the guy they got for that, Torrey Smith, I mean, just, you know, what's he going to do? He's 33 or whatever he is. Like, this isn't the answer there. They they need more downfield threats to mesh with Cam, and they just don't have it. Brett, you were leading the Carolina train last year. You had a Super Bowl ticket for them in hand when we recorded this podcast. Where are you at? on the Carolina Panthers. I'm with Mo. I think the clip is coming. I, th- I also think they overperformed last season. They weren't as good as their record showed. So, uh, yeah, I, I can get behind this one. And I, I'm with Mo. I think, uh, I think the, the, the bucks are kind of sneaky this year. I think they're going to, that, that was another over I was looking at was, was the Buccaneers because I think, uh, people are, are buying into this Seamus Winston thing a little too much. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be just fine. Still relying on Julius Peppers as a key guy. I love Julius Peppers, but man, I mean, this team and then this O line is just terrible. Yeah. Khal- and it got worse, right? They the, lost somebody. The Khalil Bras. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Greg Olson is still important, you know? Like, yeah, this is uh, Luke Keekley. I mean, that guy is one hit away from never playing football again. And the guy they took in the first round here, DJ Moore, is he might be a nice player eventually, but I do not I don't see him contributing at all this yeah. year. I don't think he's ready yet. He seems very, very raw. Yeah. Kind of like uh I don't know. I see all these receivers go off in the NFL draft, and I'm like, you know, which one of these is going to be Kevin White? <laughs> which one of these is just gonna never he's gonna be a fake player, as Mo says. They're just never going to make an impact. They're just awesome on tape. They look great in shorts, but they're just not pro football players. Which is why yeah, more, more reminds me a little bit of Tavon in that he's so good after the catch, but I don't like, is he gonna be able to separate? I think he's he's still like two, three years away from being anything. All right, Brett. Finish us off with the unders. Give us a team you do not like heading into the 2018 season. I've got the Seattle Seahawks under eight uh not only is this a shell of the team it was just a few years ago but it faces a punishing schedule here in 2018 the third toughest schedule in the league uh and the the easiest stretch comes in the first six weeks 
and three of those first four games are on the road. Uh, after that, they've got a bye in week seven, which is pretty early. They face an insane stretch. Chargers, Rams, Packers, Panthers, 49ers, Vikings, 49ers again. And then they close with the Chiefs and then the Cardinals on the road, which who knows? I mean, maybe that's a, maybe that's a loss too. So all of those teams I just mentioned there have eight-plus projected wins this season. And this after they only won nine games against one of the easiest schedules last year. And with the Rams and 49ers both improved this season, this division schedule only gets tougher. I've got them at maybe seven wins. I still think the defense is okay, but there are so many leaks here on the offensive side of the ball around Russell Wilson, especially on the offensive line. And as much as I like Rashad Penny, I don't see a whole lot of improvement in the running game. And they're also down a a couple weapons in the passing game. Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson. I don't like Jimmy Graham at all, but they didn't do anything to replace him. There's still holes that they have to plug in this passing game. I think the Hawks are going to be really bad this season. They also have the worst offensive play caller in the history of the NFL. The absolute woat. I had to watch him with my own eyes, which bled, literal blood coming out of my eyes. Brian Schottenheimer is an idiot. And if it's one thing he likes to do, it's run the football. And if it's one thing you can't do with that offensive line, and now a rookie running back, is line up and run the football. The Hawks are in deep trouble. I wanted to believe in the... There's so much hype against the Hawks. This is not a an out-there take from Brett. A lot of people are, are very negative on Seattle entering the season. Uh, and I wanted to kind of go against that, be a bit contrarian, but I just I can't see the path to being a good team. <laughs> like, yeah, well, like where are these wins coming from? I, I was like you. like I, I saw so much anti-Hawks coming into the season, and... I have to ride along with it because I can't find nine wins here. Yeah, there's no path to victory. And I want to fight you on the Niners being improved as a blanket statement, but, I mean, I believe in... This is why coaching is so important in this goddamn league. I don't think the Niners roster is good. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is super overrated, but I think Kyle Shanahan's a genius. And I can see the little things that he's doing, uh, like like I was just talking about about receivers. Like, Dante Pettis... That guy is not uh, incredible, right? You're not going to look at him, run around, and be like, that guy is supreme. He's going to be really good. But he does the little things. They bring in Jarek McKinnon, who's never been amazing, never the fastest guy, but he plays the role of receiving running back brilliantly and is going to be a good fit in the Niners' offense. He does, Shanahan is really good at his job. And he's going to be able to put this team in positions to succeed. So I can't really even hate against the Niners. Uh, and yeah, I just can't get behind this Hawks team. I, I know who hated this Hawks team down the stretch last year. That is Mo, especially Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham couldn't separate from a grandma last year. Mo, what do you think about this Hawks team? Yeah, I'm down with this under. Um, there's definitely way more holes on this defense uh, when you look at it uh, up and down more than there's been in the past. I mean, they should still be all right, but on man, why would why would you use your first rounder on a running back when on, with on the Rash- holes they on have? Rashad Penny of all people? I mean, the holes they had. This offensive line is a horror show. <laughs> and then yeah, something called Nick Vanette is 
scheduled to be their starting tight end. Brandon Marshall? Oh, my God. I mean, I'm always a little hesitant like to bet against Pete Carroll and uh, Russell Wilson to just put together another solid season. But, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely down with this under. I was... I was hoping their win total would be a little higher, but unfortunately, um, it looks like everyone's made the adjustments. DP, we're we're not that many years removed from the Hawks talking all this smack, and while you say that the Patriots are crumbling, the the Hawks are down to the foundation right now. You must be happy to see this from afar. Yeah, happy to see it from afar. I mean, but I think they'll be fine. By fine, I mean seven wins. Seven wins. All right, let's. Talk. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Donnie. Like, you don't, you don't really see this team being the bottom dropping completely out. Uh, no, they still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But he's. Going, I'm telling you guys, you're. We've seen some nutty things from this Hawks <laughs> offense. I'm telling you guys. Do we not remember? When the Rams went through a period before they went to L.A., even I think their first season in L.A., Schottenheimer was the play caller. Like, this guy is unbearably horrific at calling plays and designing offense. I have no—nepotism is at its fucking peak if this guy still has a job in the NFL. He Anybody who just laid out the tape on offensive performances from teams— where the play sheet was in Brian Schottenheiner's hand, I have no idea how it could even be possible that he's employed in this league. Even as like an assistant on offense, let alone a coordinator. It's mind-blowing. And you're going to see some shit this year that is just going to... You're going to have to take a step back and reevaluate why you watch professional football. He's that bad. We need some positivity. Let's get some Super Bowl winners. Let's start with Brett. Going serpentine again. Brett, give us a team that you like their odds to hoist the Lombardi trophy. All right. So I, I, you know, I love my long shots. So I'm going with a super long shot here and I already have my ticket. I got it at the RE in Las Vegas. I've got the Washington Redskins at 75 to one pinnacle has them at 58 to one as of this morning. So I feel like I'm already getting some value on a team that should bounce back from what was sort of a baffling in 2017. We were never really got to see what this team was last year because they never had starters on the field this year's. I, I think they're probably looking at seven, maybe eight wins this year is, is kind of a realistic number. Uh, the strength of schedule is kind of brutal. They, they open with the Colts and Cardinals. Those two games are going to set the tone. If they don't win those two games, they're the dream is over because after that they have the toughest schedule over the remaining 15 weeks. So they need to start 2-0 for this dream to, to have anything. Uh, but I like this team for many of the same reasons I like the Chargers last year. They're coming off the worst injury luck in the NFL last season, according to Football Outsiders. Quarterback was really the only position on the field. They weren't hit by injury. Uh, the, old, the offensive line was ravaged all season. So I think this team could could surprise and sneak up on some people. The biggest area of weakness last year was the running game. They were <clears throat> 28th in the league in efficiency, really no consistency in that position at all. But I think the ground game is going to see a nice boost this year. They brought in Darius Geis. I think they got some good value on him in the second round. And then Alex Smith coming in too, had some, uh, some running to, to that offense. 
And I like this defense. This is the number six pass rush in the NFL coming into the season, according to Pro Football Focus. Kerrigan's a beast. They get Jonathan Allen back. I, I love that kid coming out of Alabama. So I think as a, as a unit, as they get more reps in together, they become one of the uh, one of the better defenses in the league, and maybe uh, some, some pro- surprise some people in the NFC. Uh, it's. I mean, look, they're seventy-five to one. There's. This is extremely unlikely. But the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year after winning seven games the previous year. I. I think the Redskins are the team this year that could kind of pull off a similar feat. I don't think there's a quarterback on earth that is more. Twenty eighteen. Let's not be great, but let's not screw up. Than Alex Smith. And that's fine. That's what I mean. Is uh, it's it's hard to compare so if you want to compare Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins as who's a better quarterback in a vacuum who throws the ball better is more accurate I think it would be fair to maybe take Kirk Cousins but when it comes to decision making managing a game you know generally doing the right thing I think it's Alex Smith by a country mile and I think that's just one of the things you need in the NFL and if that O-line is not ravaged by injury again if the the Eagles maybe take a half step backwards, we don't love the Giants. They might be improved. Again, they had some terrible injury luck last year as well, especially on offense. Uh, and nobody on here is a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, why can't the Slurs put together a good season and make a run? Uh, Alex Smith is just not going to make mistakes. And I'm what I'm super excited for, as somebody who plays a million PPR leagues, Alex Smith to Jamison Crowder might be the greatest PPR duo in history. How many drag routes will there be from Alex Smith to Jamison Crowder? It's going to be a thing of beauty. Mo, is this the year for Jordan Reed? Absolutely not. That's why when you say, <laughs> okay, well, they got the all this injury luck. Blah blah blah. They missed the, all these. Okay, some of it's not luck. Well, that's just some one of it guy. Is, you rostered Jordan. Reed. It's more the O line that I think we're all. Yeah, concerned I about. completely agree about the O line. This was a one of my favorite O lines last year. They look so good on paper, but they just, they just, man, they just could never really all get on the field at the same time. Uh, I do think this is a very solid defense and a solid team overall. And I was looking really hard at over seven. That was one of the ones I liked more um, than most of the other ones, but. uh, I definitely I remember when the lines came out, I really liked the Redskins. Ninety to one I thought was crazy. Uh Brett got seventy five, seventy five. Pretty solid. I don't know if I would really take much of a shot now in the fifties. Um, but if you can still find a, a bigger line, uh I think this is a solid gamble. I know who hates this pick. The number one Alex Smith hater on planet Earth. DP where you at. I mean, it's Alex Smith and it's the Redskins. They have no shot to ever win the fucking Super Bowl. None whatsoever. Not in this lifetime, pal. My biggest question mark would be the coaching staff. I don't. Is Jay Gruden bad? I don't know. I don't really know if he's bad. I don't think of him as good. I I think, and I had I had this whole thing that I was thinking of the other day uh with nfl philosophy right so 
defense, my mantra is always stopping the pass, hardest thing to do. And I think that even if you are a defensive genius, how much can you instill that into your players and how much can you actually improve your players to do that thing, that thing that is so hard to do, which is defend the pass. Whereas on offense, we don't think coaches generally are very smart. That's why Belichick can sustain success for so long. It, the gap between him and the average NFL coach is just, it's it should not be as wide as it is. So when you bring in people like a McVay or a Shanahan, somebody who can take what is average, your offense, put some new concept to it, and bring it above average to even good or even great, you can really separate yourself from this league. And I think it's easier to do that. I think it's easier to extend yourself from the mean on offense than it is on defense just because it's easier to play offense. So I can at least appreciate what Gruden has been able to do, especially with someone like Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's made uh, the combo of Kirk Cousins, Pierre Garçon, and Jameson Crowder, three guys that are like whatever, into very competitive offensive pieces, which I think says way more about coaching than it does about those three players. So I'm okay with Gruden. That's a roundabout way of getting to that statement. All right, I'm going to keep it going. And speaking of defense, this team has been great on defense. They finished last year a little bit lower than they did the previous year. They were, this is me stalling, 10th in defense DVOA after being the number one defense in all of football, according to Football Outsiders. I teased that I thought that they got the best value pick in the draft, and that's because, due to all the craziness in front of them, Bradley Chubb just kind of fell into their lap and will be able to play across from Von Miller. And just like the Washington racial slurs, they upgraded, in my opinion, their quarterback situation by bringing in Case Keenum, thank God, somebody who can deliver the football to Manny Sanders, who's getting up there and coming off of an injury. Hopefully he's okay. And Demarius Thomas, who, fingers crossed, can actually catch the ball once it is thrown to him. The Denver Broncos are 50-1 to to win the Super Bowl. I wasn't a fan of their over because I felt like it was overjuiced, much like many of the overs. But uh, 50-1 to in the AFC, a conference that is wide the fuck open. My rule of AFC, I've had it for a couple years now. I've been stomping around like a petulant child screaming on this podcast. All you got to do is beat one team, guys. All you have to do is beat the New England Patriots, and you get to play in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, none of the teams have been able to do it except for the Broncos, who got there and won it against the Panthers, and I think they can do it again. Uh, It's going to suck not having Aqib Tlaib. I'll admit that. But I still trust the defense, I trust the organizational structure, and they're finally going to have a brain under center after toiling in mediocrity in the post-Peyton Manning era. You guys have been very negative on Denver the last couple of seasons, most notably DP. Donnie, can you get behind this? Can you get behind Case? No. No, no, no. (laughs) Like Brett, throw your ticket in the fire. See you later. Brett, anything? Any love? Yeah, I think there's some value here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can get behind that. Let's go, Case. 
What about you, Mo? In the division, I'm sure you have some hate in your heart for the Denver Broncos. But 50 to 1, come on. I don't know, man. I guess. Like, it might be okay, but I'm just looking at this team. First of all, what's going to happen when Case Keenum inevitably gets injured? <laughs> then they're cooked. Um, something Pax and Lynch. Sorry, Brett. Their win total uh, seven, beyond, and it's juiced at the, their win total seven, and it's juiced at minus one forty three. So it seems like the market yeah. likes this team to get into the playoffs, and if they're a playoff team, fifty to one has to have value. Yeah, they're definitely expected to be solid. Um, but there's more like the Seahawks. There's more holes on this defense than there have been on in years past, um, particularly in the secondary. And I still hate this offensive line. So. Uh, you know, 50 to one, I think you might be able to find some better buys. I would probably rather gamble on the Redskins at that price, but, um, it can't be that horrible. All right, Mo, give us a better buy then, buddy. How about the Atlanta Falcons? 23 to one. Um, they arguably should have beaten the eventual Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles on the road in the playoffs last year. I have to admit I was wrong about this team. They were much better than I expected. Um, I was a little down on them for a lot of the year, but, you know, they, they were solid. And this team, the defense has been the question mark the last couple of years. We have on this pod wondered how they went better because they do have some solid talent. Uh, Deion Jones should be a superstar. This guy is amazing. Um, did lose Adrian Claiborne. Hopefully Vic Beasley can take, you know, Grady, Jared. These guys can take steps forward and be better. Still have some solid talent uh, pretty much across the board, though. Those guys, Devin Trufant. Uh, and then on offense, obviously we know they've been really good the last few years. Solid O-line and pretty good production at wide receiver for Matt Ryan. And then they added Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley could be really a really nice addition for them. And as part of a really strong three-receiver set, man, I love the addition here because this offense should just – they're going to be so tough to stop. They just have weapons all over the place. Game breakers. Calvin Ridley can be – such a nice deep threat, man. I think 23 to 1 is just a little too low. This team should be up in the ballpark of like 15 to 1 or so. And I, I like the Falcons. Calvin Ridley, how many stars, Mo? All the stars for all Calvin Ridley. Has man. to have love, all the stars. Love that kid. Has to have all the stars. Atlanta's in win now mode, right? They can't keep that running back duo together forever. I believe this is actually. Uh, the final year for one of them. I don't know if it's Freeman or Coleman, but you can't keep two guys like that in your backfield forever. The economics of football just don't allow you to do it. Matt Ryan getting into the twilight of his career, which maybe not at the quarterback position, but he's certainly getting to the stage of his life where he's not the Matt Ryan of old. And how long can you keep the wide receiver corpse together as well? Julio is getting paid a ton of money. You just brought a young kid in. So, yeah, this is it for Atlanta. And I'm going to keep saying it. The, the New Orleans cliff is coming. I, I I can't believe 
Breeze played so well last year coming off of both a shoulder injury and plantar fascia. And talk about age. That dude is way up there. So I'm shocked at how well he's performing at his age. So I, I, I think the cliff is so close to New Orleans. And with quarterbacks, you just plummet. There, there is no gradual decline. There is no small decrease here and there. It is a plummet from Peyton Manning throwing for 5,000 yards to being a corpse that is somehow worse than Brock Osweiler. Again, I know somebody who probably hates this, Donnie Peters. The Atlanta Falcons? Really? So actually, actually, I agree with Mo. And I like the Atlanta Falcons. Whoa. This is like just fucking end the world right now. Okay. Um, so in terms of like what we're doing on this podcast for the super future bets, uh, the Super Bowl odds was the one that I spent the most time on because quite honestly, I don't really like any of them. I just don't like a lot of the teams that are long shots to ever have a chance. A lot of the teams that are favorites, I think the odds are just too short for what I think their actual chances are. So I was kind of going all over the map. But the one thing that kept sticking out to me, as much as I tried to just put it away in a back closet somewhere, was the Atlanta Falcons. I tried to ignore it because I have such hatred for the Atlanta Falcons, and I think they're such a joke of a franchise. But like Mo said, 23-1, to 1, you know, I think is too crazy for them i think they need to be up there with the saints you know right around the 14 to 15 to 1 range i think that's a much better area for them i think that there's just too much talent on this team i think that they performed pretty well last year um you know like mo said i need to also correct myself in saying that uh last year i thought they were going to be really bad just coming off the the year before and that super bowl loss that was so devastating to them but they bounced back pretty well in a year that they I thought they were going to go to complete dust. And they gave the Eagles a run for their money in the playoffs and you know almost ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Um, that said, I think that they're going to be just as good, if not better, this year. And I really like them to be able to make a run of it in, in, in an entire NFL that I think is pretty wide open. And then piggybacking off that, I think that I also like the Carolina Panthers at 39-1. to 1. Um, I think that you know between... Uh, the Falcons, the Panthers, and then also the Saints. I just don't like the Saints as odds. Rich, like you said, Drew Brees is old. I think he could kind of just fall off a cliff at, at any moment. I think that the Super Bowl winner might be coming out of this division, the NFC South. So I'm interested in all three of your guys' dis- decisions here. The NFC, by far, the superior conference. Can we all agree on that? Like leaps and bounds more competitive than the AFC. Yeah, not close. Of course. So inherently, I just think it's more difficult to find value in these teams. Their roads are yeah, just... but some some of it it's already some of it it's already baked in though. Like, look at the Falcons; they have a really tough schedule. Yeah, I know, but I, you're going to hedge the whole way, right? Is one is one of the things. Once you get into the playoffs with any of these long shots, you're hedging throughout the playoffs, correct? Long shots, yeah, twenty-three to one Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, no. the Falcons are right. an, are an exception for sure. I don't know. I just think a, approaching, and, and this is why I was kind of so amped about the the Jags last year. Is I just think, I really think you can hit one of these fifty to ones, forty to ones, thirty to ones in the AFC because I just think the conference is that bad, that dramatically worse than the NFC. Where I think in the NFC, I just you're just searching through a minefield, right? That the, the winner in the NFC is going to 
be purely based on like total variance. I guess football in general is just total variance. But like one of these teams, many of these teams are just going to sustain massive injuries and they're just never going to be able to bounce back from it. Maybe I'm just speaking in general terms. I don't know. I, I just don't like any of the NFC futures because the conference is just absurd. Like, why can't the Packers be the best team by a mile this year? Why can't the Vikings remain the best team? I don't know. I, I like, I guess, in a roundabout way, I'm saying I like the favorites a lot in the NFC. But then I'm contradicting myself because the NFC is so competitive. I don't know. I just find it very interesting you all picked NFC teams. Were there any AFC teams of interest from any of y'all? No, oh, fuck the AFC. <laughs> Mo? Well, whatever you do, don't take the Bills at 67 to 1. Holy shit, that's a horrible line. <laughs> that, that line can't be real. They, they've got to be closer to like 125. <laughs> the, Wait, the Bills are 66 to 1? That's insane. <laughs> that can't be right. That that's has insane. <laughs> Bills make me wanna like I mean the Bills and the Colts are the same. That's just insane. Josh Allen. He's here to do it, Brett. Jesus. Scale of one to ten, Brett. How excited are you about Josh Allen? Point five. Oh no. Not even I am a fucking twelfth man excited, okay? You're not even why partially excited about Josh Allen. I can't wait. They traded up for Josh it's Allen. So great. So yeah, let, let's live in a world where we're beyond that, right? Where it's just Josh Allen on the Bills. Don't think about the value. Don't think about what they gave up. Purely in a vacuum, Josh Allen, Bill starting quarterback, Brett Colson feels blank. Meh. <laughs> what is there to be excited about? Yeah. You don't seem to be the type to have blind optimism. Uh, I feel the exact same way about Darnold, about about the Jets. The NFL, man, they just they just traffic in hope. They they make you all believe. Just look at these overs. How can twenty two of these overs be juiced? It's insanity. There's going to be some teams here that are horrif- horrifying. I, I can't even get the words out. They're going to be so bad, and they're going to have their over juiced in the preseason. There's just so well, much they, hope. In my opinion, they're also they're juicing all the AFC Super Bowl odds. All of these teams should be lower in the AFC. Well, yeah. Future odds are notoriously where Vegas does a lot of their dirty work. Oh, yeah. They're wrecking you on a lot of these. Like, like um, If you pick any AFC team, you're getting wrecked. I just want to say, more importantly, not only is it Josh Allen, but something called Zay Jones is listed as a starting receiver. <laughs> Oh man, the Bills. And uh I can't wait to see Chris Ivory in the starting backfield. Chris Ivory. C T E Ivory himself. That guy, as soon as he retires from football, needs to check himself into some kind of mental institution because he has gone headfirst <laughs> into more this dude I've never seen somebody go after contact more frequently than Chris Ivory and just wreck human beings lawrence maroney yeah lawrence lawrence was up there but man ivory just wrecks people there's no chance in hell that that guy can feed himself when he's 40 or 50 years old <laughs> he's just going to have brain fluids leaking from his ears it's yeah i mean lawrence maroney lasted what five years 
This sport is stupid. But we love it. We love every second how, of it. How the hell are the how the hell are the Bills gonna move the ball? <laughs> I looked so hard at under six and a half. I might have to fire that. All right, real this quick. This offense is an absolute disaster. Real quick, because I'm sure Bertman and I have gotta get to work. Let's get some week one takes. And we'll we'll let Brett go first. Give us a week one line that piques your interest a month. In advance, I've got the Vikings minus five and a half against the 49ers. This is rule of Zimmer at home against a super hyped up 49ers team in the public right now. Uh, there has to be line value on the Vikings here. Why isn't this a touchdown? Minnesota just wrecks point spreads at home, and the 49ers haven't proven to me that they're any better than the, the middle of the road team in the NFC. So, uh, yeah, I love the Vikings at minus five and a half rule of Zimmer at home. The absolute goat home coach. Uh, what this, this Jimmy G hype, this guy threw seven touchdowns in six games last year. Can we pump the brakes a little bit? Q, QB wins though. Can we, everybody loves the QB wins. Can we pump the brakes on this Garoppolo guy? Guys, Please, I'm begging you. It's hard, though, because if you watch him throw a football and you're like, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, hold on a second and watch the tape. He's good. <laughs> He's good. Sure. He's good in meaningless football games, throwing 1.1 touchdowns a game. Great. <laughs> I mean, look, if you wanted to take the 49ers, I mean, 26 or whatever you can get now, it's not absolutely horrible. If you were taking 15, 18, whatever it was before, just quit betting, put down the sticks, and walk away. You said you would take 26 to 1 26 on the Niners? still terrible. It should I be, said it's not, like, horrifying. It, the, like, it's the not Niners look, betting bad. Look, it's just not great. Look at this defense. The Niners should be 260 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I wouldn't touch 50. I don't think this team's good. Oh, I'd be all over it at 50. 50 is fine. No. This, no. <laughs> There's no shot that this. Donnie loves team. the 49ers, right? Has to. I love the 49ers. I love Jimmy G, but fucking whatever the hell Mo is smoking, we need to yeah, get some of that. Pass them. Pass them. They have bro. no shot to win the Super Bowl. Not in the NFC. If they were in the AFC, sure, have a party. They would have but, to go through like a mat. So they reach, they somehow, by some miracle of Christ, they make the playoffs. Then they got to beat some order of like Vikings, Eagles, Rams, Vikings, uh, Falcons, Saints, Saints, Packers, Eagles to get to the Super Bowl. And then they got to beat the Patriots. It's literally impossible. No shot. I mean, Jimmy G might as well be Jesus, but that it ain't happening, man. All right, Mo. Hope, hopefully you can give us a better take here on your week one bet. What what line do you see some value in here a month in advance? Uh, well, there's a bunch of them that I liked, but uh, to bring it back to what we were just talking about, how bad the Bills are, I like the Ravens minus four and a half, man. Ravens at home against a absolutely horrific Bills team. I have no idea how they're going to move the ball. How are the Ravens? This line is saying the Ravens are just, you know, point and a half or whatever 
little better than there's no way this team is at least a field goal better than the Bills. Um, the man, something Zay Jones coming in on the road, <laughs> trying to have AJ McCarron or Josh Allen throw to that fake player uh, that couldn't catch a ball last year. No shot. Ravens by seven plus here. You know Peterman's gonna be starting that game, right? Peter Buck. <laughs> well, then, Somehow. then the Ravens, then the Ravens should be minus seventeen. If the right. Bills with AJ McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and Josh Allen, if they carry three quarterbacks, burn the franchise to the Embers. How can you carry three those three quarterbacks? Can't have. I still, I think you have to because you've got the rookie in there. Oh my! God. Yeah, but then you might as well just have a position player pitch when you're down to. Yeah, because get the catch yeah, or just grab anything off the practice squad. Well, it's tricky because they always have they always have two place kickers on on the active roster too, so that takes away a spot. <laughs> this fucking team's a joke. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to the Broncos. Minus two at home against the Seattle Seahawks. This is saying that the Broncos are a point worse than Seattle. In mile high, I don't believe that. I don't. Yeah, I like I like Broncos. I don't think that can be possible. But it's gridiron gamble. I got a lead with a home dog, and it is a team that I loved last year. Rule of now, everybody thinks they're good and they're going to be overhyped. Guys, Blake Bortles is opening up the season as a minus three and a half favorite on the road. The Giants, they're back. They're healthy. I like Shermer. Plus three and a half at home for the G-Men against the Jags. Eli against that defense is a little worrisome. But Blake Bortles, minus three and a half on the road. Get all the way the hell out of here with that line. Totally agree. I circled that one as well. Joke. All right, DP, round us off. Give us a week one line you like. Uh, I'm going to give you three that I really like. Couldn't decide between the three, so I'll just fire them off. Texans plus seven at New England. Sticking with my take that New England's falling off the cliff. Uh, Panthers minus two and a half at Dallas. Rich, you mentioned earlier we all hate Dallas. Yes, we all do. And then, Rich, your team, the Jets, are getting plus seven at Detroit. I mean, get the hell out of here, Matt Patricia. You're going to be so bad this year. It's going to (laughs) be unbelievable. By the way, if you are interested in that Jets, the Jets plus seven is is minus 110 right now. So if you like the touchdown and you don't want to get left with plus six and a half when there's some sort of injury to the Lions, uh, you might want to take it now before it gets juiced down to six and a half. Take the full touchdown. Yeah, I like that, but I didn't want to double down on Homer picks for this podcast. I feel like one was enough. I circled that one too, so we're all in on that one. Can we can we put the card in right now? It'd be a Kazback move to just put the card in. Hey, super contest entries uh, are open, so uh, get in there. Let's go. I'm excited. This got me pumped. I, uh, Brett, I have to thank you. You really put me on Warren Sharp last year. His book is arriving today. I'm going on holiday to a wedding outside the United States, and I will be poolside reading through his book, doing more prep for the season. Have 253 you... pages of greatness. So you've got it. It's in, awesome. You've got it in hand. PDF oh, yeah. version or, or PDF. Got to Got to have the PDF. Of course, Brett. I like having the, the search, the search, search functionality functionality is key. Got to search with your eyes, bro. I'm, I'm so old school. I love, I used to get 
the football outsider's almanac and just take a highlighter to it. Like a complete insane human being. Nope, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so I'm excited for that read. Uh, and that's our Futures podcast. Uh, don't know what the schedule is for August, but hopefully we'll be back with some some fantasy stuff, some more previews for the season. And then, of course, as the season becomes even closer, we'll look back on some of these futures. I'm sure there's going to be some massive injuries, some shifts in the league that will make us either double down, fold, or just stay pat with some of our bets. We'll bring that segment back. And then just before you know it, the Super Contest will be here. So in the meantime, follow these guys on Twitter, at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Enjoy your week. Football's coming. Until next time, peace. Peace.